Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Seattle Nice. I'm David Hyde, a politics reporter for Seattle NPR affiliate KUOW with Erica C. Barnett, gardening enthusiast and editor and publisher of Publicola. Hi, Erica. Hi, David. I like that intro. Have you gotten the gardening going yet? Uh, it's a whole it's a whole long story. The, the short answer is no. <laughs> Pea right. patch life can be complicated, David, and we could do a whole podcast about that. Pea patch politics, man. We got to patch politics. I was also wondering if you could actually frame all of your political analysis today using gardening metaphors, like the uh, being there character. I can do that. I can do all that. Right, perfect. Uh, also here, Erica's longtime friend, Seattle political consultant, and my former political opponent from our college days back in the 1980s. Sandeep Kashik. Hello. I, I feel kind of bad bringing up the fact that I'm responsible for your first major political loss, Sandeep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It cemented my distrust of radical leftism ever since, right? Oh. Oh. All right. On today's podcast, I think that's actually a little bit true, maybe. Um, yeah. uh, on today's podcast, we're talking about the increasingly tense relationship be- between the press and political activists, starting with a story of a Seattle reporter named Jonathan Cho, former Seattle reporter named Jonathan Cho, fired this week by his employer, Como TV, after tweeting about a Proud Boys rally. The Proud Boys, if you're not familiar with them, um, a hate group, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. And by the way, which takes its name from the Disney musical Aladdin in a song called Proud of Your Boy. <laughs> Is that true? Did you know that? Yeah. True I fact. did not know that. Confirming everything yeah. my spouse already thought about musicals, which she hates them. Um, oh, in any case, you, uh, uh, why was Jonathan Cho fired for tweeting, I mean, it seems so harmless, about a Proud Boys rally? Well, look, he was out there at a Proud Boys rally in the state capital, Olympia, uh, filming on his own, uh, apparently without Cairo or Como's uh, explicit, you know, approval and tagging in his employer. And his tweets were um, sort of, uh, you know, sort of encouraging people to come down to this rally and find out about the Proud Boys. I believe he put it, a, a, you know, mission and values or something like that. They were very positive tweets that cast the Proud Boys in a really flattering light. And um, the final straw, I think, was that one of the tweets uh, was a montage of footage from the rally over which this uh, white nationalist anthem played um, and just sort of uh, posted uncritically and uh, and tagging in Como, which suggested that Como approved of it, um, which apparently they did not. The Proud Boys are, you know, far right, fringe right thugs, basically, and any efforts uh, to normalize them and to make it seem like they're just like anybody else and, oh, come down and learn more about these folks and their organization, I think is is contemptible. And, you know, even a, a, a news operation like Como News that clearly tilts conservative um, saw that as way beyond the pale. And, you know, he was gone the next day. Yeah. And one of, one of the well, things, and I don't think this is why he was fired, but one other aspect of those tweets is, you know, he has, uh, he has got it in his head and is really, um, trying to, uh, to, advertise to his, you know, his Twitter followers, this idea that, you know, quote unquote Antifa, 
um, is an organized group that is out to get him. And so one of the tweets was uh, sort of praising them for letting him, praising the Proud Boys for letting him film unaccosted, uh, unlike uh, the people uh, he calls Antifa, who, um, you know, do not like him getting in their faces when uh, when he's out in the streets of Seattle um, filming homeless encampments. I think there's a broader question, Erica, that you're kind of glancing by when you raise that that part of it, uh, which is that um, I'm not trying to make an equivalency here because I don't think there's an equivalency with the Proud Boys, but I do think there's a problem on the left with some whatever you want to call them, the black bloc sort of protest crowd, and um, uh, the issues they have with uh, uh, at times with journalists operating. I've, and, I've never gone to a, pr- a protest, or sorry, I've never gone to a homeless encampment removal and seen Black Bloc. So I think that is a that is a misconception that is, uh, you know, is fed by people like Jonathan Cho, who just say that that's what's happening. If you go to these uh, these events, these sweeps, um, it's not a bunch of anarchists out there. I mean, it's not it's not I mean, they may be politically anarchists. I don't know. I don't want to characterize it. But it's not a bunch of people, you know, throwing bottles and being violent. Um, you know, they I, I think that's a mischaracterization to, to say that people who show up at encampment sweeps are black block. Well, we're not just talking about encampment sweeps. We're talking about protests generally, right? I mean, there's been a, you know, lots and lots of protests in Seattle since 2020, right? Including protests around George Floyd and, and, and all of that stuff where there have been a number of incidents where, uh, journalists have been harassed or threatened or, you know, in a handful of cases, um, you know, physically, um, uh, you know, assaulted or, or, or face some form of, of physical violence directed at them. And I think that's a, that, you know, that, that's a problem, right? I mean, that shouldn't be happening. Um, I will say though, I, I should add, I think it's really is important to add, especially when you go back to the protests of 2020, that probably the bulk of the incidents related to journalists being, you know, harassed or attacked or facing violence really did happen at the hands of the cops uh, and, and, you know, police overreaction. And I think uh, that was one of the black marks on SVD's performance through all of 2020. And I know, Erica, in the past, you, in those sorts of protests, yourself been pepper sprayed, right? I got, yeah, I got, I got pepper sprayed uh, at very close range from about, you know, a foot or two away directly into my eyes, mouth and nose. Um, when I was trying to take photos of uh, someone else being knocked down by uh, by police uh, by a bike cop, and yeah, I mean, I, I I think I mean I agree with you. Of course, journalists should not be subjected to violence, but I I think uh, you know or attacks or assaults. Um, but I think when you know when we're talking about the bulk of these incidents, it's people um, yelling at journalists or telling them to go away. Uh, rather than any kind of physical assault. And like, frankly, as a journalist, getting yelled at is is part of the job sometimes. Is there any connection between Jonathan Cho getting fired and some of this other stuff that Sandeep is bringing up, which is there does seem to be a perspective by some activists these days, I don't know exactly who, which is that I'm out here protesting, you journalists have no right to be filming me. Where is this kind of perspective coming from and what do you all think about it? 
Well, I think in a lot of, you know, instances, I got schooled on Twitter the other day uh, because I referred to people who were to mutual aid activists as protesters. And I think that, you know, in some instances, they would say we're not protesting. We're here to try to help people, you know, during this encampment sweep. Um, that's mostly what I cover. I don't cover a lot of just straight up protests. Um, but um, and, you know, and, and I think in that instance, I mean, yes, it is true that if you are in public, anybody can take your picture and anybody can, you know, can film you. But it's a question, I think, of being an ethical journalist. And also, I mean, what kind of relationship do you want to have with the subjects that you're covering? If you want it to be entirely hostile, one way to do that is to get in people's faces and scream at them, um, as, you know, as Jonathan Cho has done. And, you know, and very, very proudly so posting, you know, footage of himself getting, you know, almost in fights with people on Twitter. I don't personally think that's very ethical. I also don't think it's very um, useful journalism, because all you're doing is sort of trying to paint people, you know, as as aggressive monsters after you've provoked them. Can I just ask also, uh, for folks who don't know, if you're a mutual aid person, not an activist, how do mutual, what, what is that? And how do people um, identify? I've heard the phrase, but I'm not that familiar with it. Yeah, that's a great question. Mutual aid uh, folks are people who go out and volunteer to uh, not just during encampment sweeps, but before um, encampments, you know, are swept to try to help connect people to to housing, to shelter, to resources. They'll often, you know, set up tents and provide food and water and things like that. Um, and, you know, I mean, you can find them at every large encampment um, in the city, you know, on a kind of ongoing basis. They get a lot of coverage when there's a sweep and they're out there yelling at the cops. But, you know, they are doing work, you know, especially in the absence of a whole lot of city funded outreach providers that, you know, otherwise would not get done. So in what way are they not activists? Are they saying they're not if they're yelling at cops? They're not saying they're not activists. I think they're saying they're not protesters that, you know, like, for example, when the city swept a big encampment across the street from City Hall a couple weeks ago, they were out there um, and they had been out there for um, for weeks um, with a tent. And, you know, in a way, I mean, I, I do think it's, you know, fair to say that they were protesting the, the sweep. <laughs> right. But but they you were think? also <laughs> but they were also out there providing water, providing food, providing, you know, trying to get people connected to resources and actually get people out of that encampment because they knew it was going to be swept eventually. Yeah, and maybe they're doing more than just protesting. In fact, it sounds like absolutely they are doing more than just protesting. But obviously, at the time that the Fourth that Fourth Avenue action by the city was going on, they were there protesting. In fact, they actually stopped the city initially with their protest from from doing that cleanup, and uh, and then kind of were there around the clock and delayed it for a couple of weeks from happening. Though ultimately, it did go forward. I think one of the issues with with somebody like Jonathan Cho, I mean, one of the things that he does a lot and is actually still doing, um, you know, in, on his Twitter feed now that he's no longer with Como is he goes out to encampments and he films vulnerable people who, you know, yes, I mean, they could say, you know what, I know that you have a right to film me technically, but I am declining to consent to be filmed by you or whatever. They could walk away. They could put up an umbrella. But you're talking about vulnerable people living in public who have no choice other than to be in public uh, because they don't have homes. And I, you know, I think that there is there is a line that he crosses that, you know, for me, I mean, it's not a legal line. Like, obviously, he has a right to do that legally. But 
um, ethically, I just, I think it's really, really touchy when you're filming people who, who live in public and, and getting in their faces and asking them invasive questions and then going on to portray them as, you know, part of this, this huge problem. I mean, he, he talks about the homeless industrial complex and the, you know, uh, I mean, he, he just frames everything in a very, uh, a very slanted and biased way. And I think like an, you know, just a random person living in a tent is not necessarily going to have the information to know like who this is that they're dealing with and that they can, you know, that they can withhold consent or, or just walk away. So the one um, piece of, of video posted by Jonathan Cho that has stuck with me was a few weeks ago, I think it was on a Sunday, uh, someone was shot and I believe killed down at third Avenue and a few hours after that, he went down there and no commentary, no words, but just posted a two-minute video kind of walking around Third Avenue around Pike and Pine. Hey, here's what's going on here a few hours after the this shooting. And there were, you know, hordes of people milling about, people obviously selling stolen goods, people smoking fentanyl, you know, trash everywhere. And look, I think that's legitimate journalism. And the reason that that video got sent around a lot was that it was shocking to a lot of people. And they're like, what the hell is going on down here that it looks this kind of horrifyingly bad and out of control? And you may not like the message. You may not like the journalism. There are, you know, but Erica, you're an advocacy journalist on the left. There are kind of advocacy journalists on the, uh, you know, on the conservative side. And I think you ought to be able to operate, uh, uh, you know, unfettered and free from, you know, harm or harassment and, uh, you know. And clearly that's what not... happened. I mean, clearly that's exactly right. the, 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 yeah. the film yeah. you're describing. Nobody was harmed. Nobody was harassed. So totally I don't understand agree. what the objection is. But I, well, but what I I'm saying – Good. Uh, the objection is that that's not always the case, and that there are plenty of incidents where we have seen, whether you want to call them protesters or what, um, at various protests, trying to shut down coverage from journalists they don't like. I don't think anybody is obligated to speak to anyone. I don't think that, like, when I go out and I try to talk to, you know, an elected official or a man on the street, that they are obligated to speak to me. Now, I can say, you know, um, this and such elected, you know, city council member, whoever declined to speak to Publicola, and that, that, that sends a statement in itself. But I don't think that I, it is, it is anybody's obligation to speak to me or they're violating my right to free speech or something. And I also will say, I think that, I think that this idea that, oh, the camera never lies. It's like, um, I mean, that's a, that's a very, you know, and that if you just show like a, a, a still photograph, um, without any context or a, I mean, you, you said in this video, you could see people smoking fentanyl. How? Um, I mean, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. What I'm saying is, a two-minute video without any context, without any information, without any journalism, frankly, um, you know, is not, uh, I, you know, I just, I don't think it's this amazing piece of journalism that you're describing it as any more than a contextless still photo chosen from a series of, you know, other still photos is is great journalism. I mean, this, there's, there's work involved in journalism and some of it is context. Yeah, yeah. I'm not nominating Jonathan Cho for a 
Pulitzer Prize. Let's be <laughs> clear. But, but I am saying, you know, uh, he was perfectly within his rights to, to, to post that video. It was a, a clear um, clip of public interest since a shitload of people downloaded and watched it. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and reacted to what they were seeing. Uh, you know, can the camera lie? Of course it can. Can, can you selectively edit things and do things to twist it? But that wasn't really what was happening in this case. People were re- reacting to the street scene there. And I mean, come on. We, we all know that uh, maybe not right now, not right now because there's a kind of hotspot policing going on down there. But a few weeks ago, of course, people were smoking blues, uh, all over the place on Third Avenue and, and, uh, so what is um, what does it add to the conversation to know that there are people who are addicted to drugs who are using those drugs? Like what what is the what I mean because it seems to me that the commentary there is that, you know, the the implicit commentary is that, you know, these people are uh are being allowed to do this because we haven't funded the police to crack down on them and isn't this awful and the city is derelict by allowing people who are addicted to drugs to continue to use drugs. I I just I, I I don't know. I mean, I think this this kind of um, empathy free, um, contextless uh, video, and and it's not like it's contextless. Honestly, it it is on Jonathan Cho's Twitter feed, which is full of <laughs> anti homeless hate. So mm-hmm. so let's not pretend that this is just like you know this pure and you know unadulterated video happening. You know, a tabula rasa. Uh, it is it is in the context of somebody who aggressively <laughs> advocates, you know, against what he calls the homeless industrial complex and for police to crack down on the homeless. So you think it's wrong to, to film it? No, I didn't and, say that. Pun- Never said it was wrong to film it. But I think that people should look at it and with a critical eye and be critical media consumers and not just say, like you were saying, Sandeep, that this is just, you know, a pure and unadulterated video of what's happening without any context. It's raw video footage, but and 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 it's not just drug dealing, right? I mean, a drug uh, use that we're that we're witnessing down there in that video, right? It's people, you know, it's an open air drug market. It's a uh, it's a uh, um, you know open air, you know, stolen goods fencing operation. It's kind of a you know gruesomely filthy trash strewn sort of area. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who see that and say the city has kind of let a certain level of street disorder get out of control in this part of downtown Seattle. And I don't like it. Sandeep, are you really clutching your pearls at the idea that people would sell drugs? Really? Like that, that, that people who, who obtain drugs and use drugs would also buy them from somewhere. And sometimes it's quote unquote open air as opposed to I don't know what. Like, are you really clutching your pearls at that? Yeah, yeah I'm making a plea that our, that, that, that our, our drug dealers should act in a more civilized and, and refined <laughs> and distinguished manner. That's what I'm doing, apparently. Okay, okay. Just want to be clear. Just want to yeah, be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't, you know, uh. Sandeep, aren't you actually, aren't, you're making the argument that it is a propaganda video in a way, or at least it's, it is activist journalism, uh, yeah, but yeah. He has intended to show yeah. that what you're seeing right now, you know, whatever, right? But, but you're actually, you're actually defending prop, uh, propaganda videos in a way. I'm not defending propaganda videos. I'm saying there's such a thing as advocacy journalism, right. and it, something that Erica practices. 
And to the extent that Jonathan Cho is practicing it in that instance, it's perfectly legit. You know, now if he's crossing the line and invading, you know, I mean, if you're harassing someone sitting in a tent, that is unethical, right? And if, if he's done that in other instances, then that's bad. I'm not, you know, that's terrible. He shouldn't do that. Um, uh, but in this instance, I, I don't disagree that he's got a point of view that he's trying to convey, but, um, it, the, if it's, if, his video is resonating with lots and lots of people. It's because they agree with him that there's something wrong with the, with the scene that they're seeing. I don't do a lot of reporting on homelessness, but generally speaking, if I'm with you, Eric, if somebody doesn't want to talk to me or says stuff's off the record or whatever, uh, you know, assuming we're not talking to a politician who said something and then says it's off the record, which is sort of different, but your average citizen out there, I think we do have an ethical responsibility not to sort of embarrass or humiliate, especially vulnerable homeless people who are, you know, living on the street in a tent. And, you know, I'm supposed to be sticking my camera up inside their living space, essentially, without them wanting me to do that. That that seems deeply unethical. So if that's the kind of stuff that Jonathan Cho was doing, I can kind of understand why, you know, people would be pissed off about that. Homeless people, including uh, mutual aid activists. On the other hand, the mutual aid activists themselves, you know, they're in kind of a different category. If they don't want to talk to me, that's fine. But if I'm a, I'm not a photojournalist, but if I had a camera or if I was, and they're interfering with my ability to do my job, that seems like they're crossing a line. And is there a difference of opinion here on that? Because I think I'm more, I'm not supposed to have opinions about anything, but this is just journalism. I think that's kind of I don't know. I, I don't I'm not OK with that. Are you OK with that? Is that OK? I mean, am I OK with that? I don't I don't love it, but I also try to have um, a way of being in the world and a way of acting as a journalist where that doesn't happen that much with ordinary people. I'll tell you, it happens a hell of a lot with elected officials and city department heads and people like that who, you know, will just brush me off or ignore me or pretend they didn't hear me or walk away or say they don't they won't talk to me. Um, it happens all the time. It sucks, but it's also part of the job. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe as part of being an advocacy journalist, I have lost access in some ways to, you know, the ability to just, you know, chummily go up to um, a department head or the police chief or whatever and chit chat, which is, you know, something I, I know a lot of TV reporters are able to do. But at the same time, um, because of my coverage, when I go up to talk to people who are protesting or people who are mutual aid activists, they generally will talk to me um, because I have not presented myself in a hostile way. Um, and gotten in their faces. So it's, I mean, like any relationship, it's mutual. They think you're a sympathizer. That's why they're talking to you and they won't talk to the TV people. Well, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, they, they yell at me online all the time for various things. Um, but uh, I do sympathize with the point of view that we shouldn't be sweeping people without giving them places to go that are acceptable to them. I don't think it's a very uh, good strategy for solving the homelessness crisis. So uh, we do agree on that point. And with that comment, Erica gets the last word this week. She's Erica C. Barnett. He's Sandeep Kaushik. I'm David Hyde. And you've been listening to Seattle Nice, which you can find on Twitter. We're at Real Seattle Nice on Twitter. We'll accept your direct messages. You can add us. Don't add us. But you can suggest. You can cajole on Twitter. And you can also donate. Go to Patreon. We've got a Patreon page. We would really appreciate it. We really can't do this without your support. 
and thank you so much for listening.